for the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Hello and welcome to episode 104. Sorry, could you just say that for after I've said the actual number? I will inject hype where it needs to be injected. So if the numbers are kind of lacklustre, which numbers I want to be, that's no reflection on the way you were delivering them. No, no, I, was I, should, I should hope so because <laughs> your last few. Oh, they've been out of this world. full. Ooh, that was the sound of me knocking it out of the park. Oh. In what particular sport, In fashion, that, 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 <laughs> that you've played? Um, yes, this is episode one hundred and four, and it's going to be out. <laughs> and it's, it's going to be out on a Wednesday, I think. Maybe. Uh, no. Yeah, no, I think Maybe. it will. Yeah, just right. about. We just if we wrap this up, if we make it quick. In some time zones. <laughs> um, yeah, we only released our Sunday episode two days ago. Yeah, Monday. That was it. Well done. The day after Sunday. That is it. Don't make it sound worse than it was. Well, I'm not. Okay. But I'm just saying that it's quite a short gap for us. Yeah, oh yeah. Because we're used to taking Months. three week <laughs> We haven't vacations for, for a while. It's been crazy. Um, and Back we kind of had a feature out of guilt in the last one. Mm. But you may have thought, oh, well then Wednesday, they won't do anything then. Yeah. Fucking wrong. Yeah, you were wrong. And then secondarily to that, if you weren't one of those doubting Thomases, you may have thought, Time for the rap feature that we've been talking about. <laughs> but you'd be wrong about that as well. <laughs> so you're all wrong. We've we've gone back to a tried and tested feature uh-huh. that was kind of thrown together hastily when we first concocted the idea to have features no, Wednesday. No need to reveal that kind of information. No, I, I mean, it's not revealing, <laughs> is it? What the audience has come to expect come to from assume. us. I see. Um, uh, which is, of course... It's shame of the week. That was unrehearsed, would you believe? Just on Imagine. the mic, hot in the booth. Um, are we not going to do a real jingle for it then? Nah. No. Do we have one? Do we uh, use one yeah, before? Yeah, we have. Okay, well, I'll see if it's any good because I don't remember a thing about it. Or where it's actually it's called we, The Week in Shame. Oh, is it? Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I've, cool. only, I've only just remembered because the jingle was some sort of harpsichord melody and then me going... The week. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, okay. Well, maybe we'll see what happens. I can't. I can't. (sighs) It's amazing. You guys might think it's exciting to listen to this show, but making it strap on. What an adventure! Hold on to your seats. Um, yeah, we're going to do the week in shame again. Because there's been all kinds of shame, and as a podcast entitled "That's a Shame," I feel like what with all the. 100% 100% art we've been putting out mm. recently. We haven't really dived into the shame so much. No, not really. Failing not in our all. remit, yeah. perhaps. Some have said. Oh, I don't think uh, no, I've not, not IP writing. blocked them from okay, downloading future good. episodes, but that's fine. Um, we have cobbled together a couple of stories between us. Yep. I've got... F- how many? I've got four. I've got five. Oh, all right. But then. mine are all nonsense. Oh, all okay. That's very good. much on the same theme. So perhaps, I don't know what yours are, but I imagine they can't be more light and frothy than mine. No. So maybe we alternate. Okay, yeah. We can, I mean, some of mine are light and frothy. Yeah, but you're going to have to deliver them with a real some are, somber. Some are pretty sober quality. Pretty bad. Yeah. Mm. I've got none that fall into like actual real shame apart okay. from my first I suppose alright well why don't you if if you've got more then you can start and then okay. you can round us off I will yeah thank you do you want to like throw over to me like we're in the newsroom or something like that okay why don't we pretend we've come back from a break we've just finished no no I think it's that it's I'm I'm the main presenter the I'm the anchor and I'll be like on the scene somewhere yeah 
And okay. what's happened is we've just come back from like a really silly story about like a dog water skiing. And the dog was never seen again. <laughs> that is lighthearted. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. And then I'm going to like that. throw over to, to you. What, what, where are you? Um, I'm outside a house. Cool. Uh, but it's representative of all houses. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's somewhere middle class as well. Right. Okay. Upper middle class, perhaps. Mm. But who am I to say I'm not one of these class well, you traitors? You are the only one with all the information. Yeah, for now. <laughs> oh, don't you just love to see canines having fun? I do. <laughs> love you, you love you, a you're dog. Not, you're not here. You can't. I love You're, you're, you're supposed I love to. Dogs. This is the, 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 the format's gone to shambles. wet. Anyway, we're throwing over now to Isaac Berminer Doyle, who is outside of, I'm told, a house. Thank you, Jim. Parents are hiring nannies to look after them as well as kids, and they do some bizarre tasks. Oh, no. (laughs) What's wrong with that? Well, I don't like the worrying ambiguity of the phrase <laughs> bizarre task. Oh, I see. So it wasn't, you weren't quibbling with the accent choice. Oh, no. I mean, I decided that, that was not <laughs> worth <laughs> engaging with. Well, I, what I was going for is that sometimes Dracula. Oh, is it Dracula? Well, it was in the vein of Dracula. I've just realized I'm setting up a story down the line as well. So this is really <sighs> wow. ticking this is all the, the boxes. Tell me about these nannies. This is from Courtney, I want to say Poachin. Courtney Poachin. Why do you want to say that? Because that appears to be how it's spelled. It could be Pochin, Pochen, Pochen. Audience writer for the mirror. Audience writer, is that just a random person who submits a bit of news? Uh, yeah, I it, think so. That would account. That's like when you text in a picture of the on. snow, and they're like, "Here's the news. Yeah. There's some snow. <laughs> See you later. Enjoy your license fee." Hardworking parents who have the cash to splash have been hiring nannies to help out around the home for as long as anyone can remember. Bold claim from Courtney. Mm. Traditional nanny duties, as you'll know, Declan, they include preparing meals or doing the school run and generally taking care of the kids. Bit of tidying. Sometimes, but many consider that outside their jurisdiction. The remit. Yeah. But today, it appears some nannies are doing a lot more than just that. While some are expected to teach children a new language and change nappies, there are others who are now paid to also look after the adults of the family. Thoughts on that? Let me get a gut check on this. Oh, the guts are are emerging from the mouth. Right. Explain it in some kind of word. I it it disgusts me. Jacob Rees Mogg, of course, is the a British right-wing politician, a sort of parody of Empire Britain, like Rudyard Kipling mm. masturbated him into existence. What's the, the Frankie Ball line that he, he looks like sesh. a punch cartoon of Britain's first giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He, yeah, but he famously, apart from being a total horrid idiot, he has a nanny that, look, it was his nanny when he was a child, and I believe she stayed and is now looking after his children who are called things like Optimus, Septimus, Quentin, Quintus, things like that. Megatron. Yeah, it's really poor. <laughs> but I believe she does take care of him as well. She calls, he calls her nanny. That's the upsetting Oh, it's part. just dreadful. Like, really why, upsetting. 
Are adults doing this, please? What tasks do they need to... Well, they spoke to someone who owns a nanny consulting business in Manhattan. Okay. And she, you'll be pleased to know, spilled the beans on some of her elite clients. Horrid, horrid bit of language. She revealed that one family with children aged four and seven requested a yoga-certified nanny to, quote, make sure everybody in the household was balanced and mindful. Sorry. Yeah. So they've got... But that isn't a nanny. The nanny gives the hired, whole family yoga lessons. They've just hired lessons. a yoga instructor. Get a load of this bit, though. The nanny gives the whole family yoga lessons, even driving to the father's office while the children are at school for a 30-minute session. <laughs> Dad is <Wow>. fucking the <laughs> nanny. <laughs> Downward dog. Goodness me. Similarly, Erin Maloney Winder, president of a household starting Stop company. It. Maloney Winder. <laughs> revealed uh, that she recently was asked by a CEO and mother of four to find a, quote, caregiver to blow out her hair every day, in addition to caring for the two girls' hair. A caregiver? Yep. To, to blow out her hair. In what? Literally? I don't know. Figuratively? Is it on fire or not? don't know. In addition to driving them to school and preparing three meals a day. If that weren't enough, Nanny also gives the mum facials and manicures as well. <laughs> Another wealthy she parent gets what? his children's nanny to massage him and his wife for 90 minutes twice a week once the kids are in bed. Wow. <laughs> it's really blurring the lines of, yeah. of uh, acceptable behaviour into, like, if you imagine a sort of chart, there's mm. 10% of it was acceptable behaviour, like that where it's like an iceberg and then below the surface of the sea is the real mass. Well, l- last night, Mark and I watched the uh, early Louis Theroux, one of those oh, weird yeah. weekends where he... Um, Visits the swingers. Hmm. And is that like a, a jazz sort of style? Sadly band? not. Although Mark did remark that whenever Mark remarked nice. that whenever Louis Theroux said swingers, that it, it did instantly sound like that. Yeah. Um, but one of the funny things is that the main couple that he speaks to, you know, they're hosting this party and he, he talks to both of them and they're, they're both kind of, they both seem into it yeah. and seem to know a lot about the lifestyle. Is there a lot to know? Is it quite an in-depth? Uh, sort is there of. there like a manual you can hope to receive? Not, not a particular printed document, but, you know, there's... Maybe there should be. I'll, I'll get on to the, yeah. the community. See if you can sort that but out. But it is known as the lifestyle. Is it? Mm. That's yeah. weird, because that's often a term that people use about cults, calling yeah. it the lifestyle, or like the red pill. It did seem quite, like, cultish, mm. in a way. But what was really obvious was that this guy felt a bit like his wife was pretty ugly and wanted to oh, have no. sex with other people. Everyone's beautiful on the inside. Mm, yeah, that may well be the case. If you love surgical trophies. But the thing was that she clearly wasn't actually into any of it. Mm. And this was made no clearer than when Louis visits their house the night that they're having one of these parties. Yep. And it keeps cutting between the fact that he was out back yep. with a like, much younger woman who he'd dressed in scuba gear and was giving a massage to in the pool. And in scuba gear? Yeah, that was his thing. Really? I thought it was That's like... Niche, isn't it? When they like looked round his kind of fetish room... Mm. I thought it was just like a rubber thing, because that's pretty classic. I thought he was but just then, running into the little mermaid. But then he, he made it clear that, no, a lot of his fantasies actually involve scuba diving. Right. <laughs> it's very heavy and cumbersome equipment, isn't it? It is, yeah. So, I mean, Weird. she she was properly committed to this bit. This well, moment, fair enough. But then it... Whatever floats it was, your boat. <laughs> it was cutting between that and the fact that his wife's only real involvement that night was that 
she was manning the desk at oh, the front. <laughs> like she, she was, was literally reception. She was taking orders for like which scones people were. Is yeah. It, is it plain or fruited? Well, she what? And then like Louis goes to see her and she's setting out snacks and he's like, are you going to get involved? And she's like, oh, oh you know, no, not, see what not, happens. Not now. And then it cuts to, you know, her husband who's now kind of like making out with someone in a scuba mask someone who's just a fish <laughs> yeah. just fully un, an aquatic being <laughs> they really committed to the bit <laughs> wow well that's a shame isn't it mm. and we don't advocate for that do we we don't have marital parity yeah yeah um maria who is the nanny to some royal has been forced to learn something called skid pan training do you know what that I is i don't want to hear any more about it's a weird it. term, but it actually just means like how to drive if you ever skid your car and self-defense. And then at the very end of the article, it says, think your friends would enjoy this. Share it on WhatsApp. <laughs> that, oh, no. Don't think I'll be doing that. That makes it sound like they're planning to attack her. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to need to know this. Like, don't don't worry about why. They're going to the car ever is out of your control <laughs> and Say the someone, kids are slapping you. I don't know. Cut the brakes. <laughs> People do it, you know. Royals and otherwise. It happens. It Royals, happens. peasants. So there's an important bit of news. If you're a nanny, if you have a nanny, make sure that you're not being made to do anything you don't want to. Mm. And also, if, you know, you're interviewing for a job yeah i was going to say auditioning which at first i thought was a silly word to use but having heard the article think it probably is yeah closer well, to being correct seems like they we need a nanny who can cook clean and sing the role of maria <laughs> <laughs> our daily musical in both west side, side story and the sound of wow, music that's, that's range <laughs> that's incredible um but if you're interviewing for a nanny position uh-huh. and they someone does say do you know self-defense I'd leave. Yeah. I'd suggest that you do too. When I was a nanny, I was never asked if I knew self-defence. No, but then again, that was a baby. He was. He, he was wasn't big four, on... four, three or four or something. Okay, well, I'm only going by the fact that you always referred to him as a baby. Oh, yeah, but that was just because he was... And compared to your intellect. Compared to my <laughs> stature as a man. <laughs> Stupid baby. Absolute. You'll never get here. <laughs> Weird, I don't work there anymore. <laughs> I've got a bit of news okay, um, go on. that is a funny headline, yeah. Um, but I think it's a nice launch pad for a little bit of a, a more serious discussion. Oh, That's okay. what you asked for me. Right, let me just get so, my serious hat on. Uh, th- those are pyjama buttons, <laughs> but there well, we I'm go. Ready. He's draped them anyway. Yeah. Fox Business host calls former President George W. Bush a, quote, radical liberal. Oh, right. Um, no, left. Oh, sorry, my mistake. So I thought I, I, I liked this one because I think it cuts to the heart mm-hmm. of the fact that um, I suppose there are people on both sides who do it, but it seems, in, as it is with many things, more of a feature of the right. Because uh-huh. they're intellectually dishonest and have no rigorous ideology to support their horrid beliefs primarily. Yeah, that was, right. that was the par- parenthetical okay. statement. Um, that anything... To the left of themselves yeah. is communism. Well, it is, isn't it? I mean, it's a slippery slope, isn't it? That's mm. what Marxism is about. It's like push people down the slope. Because there seems to be this, like you say, there's an inability to actually argue with the fundamental basics of just slightly left politics. Yeah. Like, even if you're like, hey, what if all the kids were able to eat food? Go to school. 
you know. Oh, come you, on. It's hard to intellectually and morally argue against that. So, But did you know that Mao killed hundreds of millions of people? And what's of next? People? The purges? Yeah, so you want to watch out. Venezuela? So, come on, <laughs> give me a break. Venezuela. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the idea, if you'd said, I don't know, 10 years ago, yeah. 12 years ago, that there Can't would come that. a time where TV news, mm. I mean, it's Fox, so it's not necessarily news. Most watched one there is, though, yeah. <laughs> would be claiming George Bush as a radical liberal. Mm. What would you have thought then? Well, I'd have thought that I'd fallen into a, a great big wormhole of lies. Do you and think, in a way, we have. Do you think it's as much the fault of those responsible for this kind of rehabilitation of people like George Bush? Yeah, a little bit. How and he's allowed also, to kind of... It's like, oh, look at him giving Michelle Obama a sweet. Yeah, but and all the, the stuff about as soon as he was out of office, people being like, you know what? He was actually really smart. It was just... It was just all those years he was in power, he was maybe nervous or shy mm. or, here it is, acting dumb uh, and saying clearly stupid Leading things, people on. Saying that the problem with the French is they don't have a word for entrepreneur <laughs> in a, a real classic <laughs> zinger from George, forgetting how doors worked. Oh, yeah. But all of that it, it was probably a front. It was probably some really... he was so clever. Dunningly manipulative foreign policy, really. Yeah, like really a strategy. good. Really good. I mean, this article does mention the fact that it's somewhat surprising that uh, this was the case, as Bush considered himself, quote, a compassionate conservative mm. and often had single-digit approval ratings from Democrats during his presidency. Well, now they're no, picky, aren't they? They're no far-left organisation. Not in a big way. Although, again, really interestingly, that is how they are Perceived portrayed. in America. Yeah. It's the old Overton window. Yeah. shifted so far so to the right. right. Might as well fall out the window. <laughs> Fallen well, into it and out well of it. Your indicator. Like, it's the, the characterization. Even in that wonderful, what's his name? Cartoon. Sondheim? Oh, oh, no. No, what is his name? I don't know. Ben Garrison. The Ben okay. Garrison cartoon of Bernie Sanders with a hammer and sickle mm-hmm. claw as some kind of shellfish. Yeah. Um, this characterization of him as a, a communist. A radical communist. When he's like just about leaning to the left of center. Yeah. He's got some cool ideas. Yeah. He kind of wants people to be able to have homes and eat. It's weird that he wants us all to starve in a Marxist hell though, isn't it? Like that's a policy that I don't know if he stated it, but if mm. you, if you kind of read between the lines, it's obvious to most of us that he's a dangerous far left extremist. Yeah. And that's why we had to kind of, as the DNC, we had to, had to intervene, had to intervene and had to, Debbie Wasserman Schultz was, is basically bit. like a hero. Well, she's, really. she stepped in for our interests and we're not even American because no. there's a real domino effect. When America this, sneezes, effect. Europe catches a cold. Yeah. And see. then, and then the dominoes fall. Because um, when you've got a cold, you're not going to build them back up. Checkmate. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, I, I would encourage, I mean, most of our listeners are surely not idiots at all. You know, yeah. they must at least slightly like people and think it's a good thing if everyone. I think we have a compassionate to live. listenership. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, make sure you don't fall into the trap of believing any of this horseshit mm. <laughs> because it's it falls apart on even the most like vague overlooking. A single fact 
would would check the whole notion yeah. in this instance of uh, of Bush being uh, what was it Quote, was it, was it radical, radical liberal. liberal? God, he really was, wasn't he? Now that you think about it, mm. and it's probably because he comes from a political dynasty that was famously, again, very liberal. It's like a a, a real inability, well, not inability. Well, actually, I suppose yes, inability, but mostly unwillingness to grapple with the reality of any kind of idea, like you settle onto a rhetoric mm. and then it's done. Uh, today, there was uh, Amnesty Ireland mm-hmm. um, tweeted about, uh, <clears throat> let's protect the rights of all pregnant people. Yeah. And all of the replies, the first 20 replies were all people going, uh, I think you mean women. Like, mm. oh God, you can't even say the word woman without being offensive. God, now. it's PC gone mad, isn't it? Like, absolutely being silenced are women. And you read through and you're like, but every single comment is you. <laughs> like, they're <laughs> all, like, what about all these other people and you all getting your chance to say? It is interesting that I think it's, at least in our current climate, and certainly for the last century, seems to have been the case that there is a delusion on the right that could exist theoretically in the left, but doesn't because of the nature of power balance that um, someone wrote into a podcast, a political podcast I listened to about someone had been like bashing Fox and talk radio and stuff. And they wrote in as a reformed Republican. Mm -hmm. I think they're now quite centrist, but you know, better, better in a way than baby steps. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they'd written in to say like how the talk radio phenomenon and like Fox News came to prevalence because the sense in the right wing of America was that you weren't allowed to have these opinions anywhere. So if you went into like the hospital waiting room, it would be playing CNN and now it would be playing Fox News. They They had this notion that they were being silenced despite the fact that all of the media that was outside of the one thing they were pointing at was like theirs. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> talk radio was their phenomenon entirely. Yeah. And they're like shouting about being silenced. It's such a bizarre concept. Yeah. Well, like, no one's pe- listening people to your using, millions yeah, of people fans. People using enormous platforms to say that they're being silenced. Yeah. And you're like, well, there's actually, it's just that there's this one place where we've asked that you maybe not be. Maybe we should check what Alex Jones has to say about that on Twitter. See if he's got any. Oh, maybe you said about it in a YouTube video. Oh, <laughs> Facebook. Oh, it's gone. More of this to come later oh, in a slightly more humorous. I've example. got an even more serious one now. Okay, it's good that you've kind of laid the groundwork because I didn't want to go into this. Yeah, without some setup because you know you don't want to just spring these topics. No, no, no. Zoe Forsey, acting audience editor, writes: Mum spots quote daughter in creepy and, quote, unexplainable photo taken years before she was born. Wow. Unexplainable photo. Quote, unquote, unexplainable. Wow. So I'm going to give you some context. Of course, I'm going to let you see the photo because I would, you're quite sceptical. I'm going to need to see it just because, you know, what what's unexpected about it? Yeah, well, you're going to have to find out for yourself. But here we go. A mum believes she can see her youngest youngest daughter in an unexplainable photo taken years before she was born. Laura, I'm going to say Sis, C-I-S-S-E. It's like Cissé, but without the accent. Let's go Sis. 38. Spotted the eerie figure standing behind her 15-year-old daughter, Aisha, and now believes it could have been a, quote, 
Echo from the future. Now, Echoes, as you understand them, where do they... They normally come from the past. That's famously... No. Oh, so have I misunderstood that? Basically, what it is, is that they're coming from the future, Mm -hmm. back, but they always arrive early... Uh, but because they just overshoot like when you miss your stop on the no tube. no no they 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 they're getting there early they're like accidentally getting off one stop early right but because they're coming backwards from the future them uh, being early in the present makes to, it seem to be late that's so, so you go hello and it's like it's already it's coming it's like, hello oh fuck I just oh I've just that's missed. so weird and is is that like a known it doesn't have to be sound it can be ghostly apparitions and deja vu I guess is the same. whole people. Um, the photo appears to show another girl with blonde hair who looks a lot like Laura. Sorry, another girl? Yeah. You mean actually It, it the, definitely the girl in shows question. the girl in question. Okay, sorry, yeah. Sorry, you know how they have to kind of hedge their bets ah, yeah, yeah, for yeah. journalistic intelligence. It's like a balance for thing the that cynics the media out there. is famous for, especially in the UK. Mm-hmm. It appears to show uh, a young girl who looks like Laura's daughter, Sophie, peering over a table ornament in the background and staring straight at the, cam- straight at the camera. But... It was taken 10 years ago, three years before she was even born. Laura from Scarborough said, The girl looks like Sophie. It does have a look of her. It's very strange. (laughs) (laughs) All of Laura's dialogue is so odd in this. She's got such a weird way of speaking. When I first looked at the picture, when I saw it again, my eyes went straight to the face. First looked at the picture when she saw it for the second time. Yeah, there are three different viewings in this one sentence. When I first looked at the picture, when I saw it again, my eyes went straight to the face the first time I saw it. And I thought, what's Sophie doing there? I've never seen the picture before. (laughs) (laughs) But then I realised Sophie wasn't even born when the photo was taken. It can't have been her. Maybe it's an echo of the future or something no, like no, that. No, no, no. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. So back the I, fuck off. What I love about this this article and this style of article that uh, like appears everywhere in these kind of yeah. take a break magazines. High quality. Whatnot, broad yeah, investigative yeah. journalism is that they all reach a point mm-hmm. wherein like 99.9% of people went, uh, and then just, and there was no story, uh-huh. but one mental believes, like took it further and was yeah. like, this is going to be national news. It's definitely an echo of the future. Yeah. That most people go, fuck, that looks like, oh no, it was taken before. Yeah. Okay. It's not. But, but one, Laura one brave <laughs> took it the extra mile. Um, the photo shows five-year-old Aisha posing in a blue dress for the camera in, the old, in an old house, which they moved out of later that year. Maybe because of ghosts. Like, we don't know that. Yeah, could could have been probably was. Laura, who is a paper operator, I don't know what that means, said, glad I'm not living in that house anymore. Strange thing about it is I posted it to Facebook, but I never noticed the face before. It was only when it popped up on my memories last week of 10 years ago that I noticed. Um, she continues for a really long Sorry, time. Sorry, so was it her own photo? Yeah, it's her own photo that has a ghost that injected into it. That she posted onto Facebook without seeing... <laughs> no, but her, when, the when she saw it for the first time... Well, she saw it for the first time and looked at it again. And it again. Her eyes went straight to the face the that she'd not seen because it was yeah. the first time she was looking at it for the second time. I remember, she says, after just describing the photo for three paragraphs, <sighs> we were alone and there were no other children there. The only other children of that age that Aisha played with when she was five was my cousin's little girl. And she looks nothing like that. We didn't have other children come to the house until Aisha was at school when she was six or seven. I think, she says, it's unexplainable. It's too high. <laughs> It's too high for it to be something on the table. And I remember the ornament that I had on the table, and it's not that. So presumably she's saying there that she didn't have the ornament of a child's face on her table. 
Someone at work suggested it could be a doll's head on the table, but it couldn't be because she didn't have any dolls. As there were none with afros, so she didn't want. And one. So it was. It must have been an echo. We've ruled out all the possibilities. I can't believe I've never noticed. I think it she's before. being generous by calling it unexplainable. Um, as a believer in the paranormal and a self-confessed chicken when it comes to ghosts, <laughs> Laura was immediately scared when she spotted the face. I was shocked. I ran downstairs and I said to my boyfriend and said, "You have." No, have you seen this? They've not edited this one bit. <laughs> I rang my mum and everybody and none of us can explain it. My oh, sister was really shocked and suggested we look into the history of the house. We were all <sighs> shocked. Can't stop looking at it. She goes on for such a long time. This is just a story about enabling. No one in her family went, that's bullshit. It's just someone else. <laughs> in a way, perhaps it's nice to see. My daughter's going through a tough time at school at the moment. So, if she so does it's good have, to know that she's a freaky ghost she from the past slash future. So, so, so if she does have something looking out for her, I hope it's still around. Just hope it doesn't show itself to me. <laughs> Do you want to see the picture? You, yeah, I'd like, like to see the picture. Can I see it? Um, I am ready. Down? Okay. Um, it's going to alarm you and it's going to be one of those where you're not going to notice it for a while. So they've put in a helpful red circle. Okay. So there's a little girl in the foreground and they're in the background. Right. right. It's a defino ghost, isn't it? Well, yeah, that's it. Yep. Solved. That's the only thing it can And be. that's... It's definitely one of those, uh, like... Ghosts? Um, no, those, like, busts that you, where you, like, girls do the makeup and hair for. Oh, a ghost, you mean? Sorry, yes, I did An mean echo a ghost. from the future. And that's the news. My next piece starts mm-hmm. with a question. Mm. Now, I know it's a question you've read before. Okay. And it's a question we've all asked our... Ourselves. Um, no, no, it's not a question we've all asked ourselves. Right. But it's um, one that we're going to ask ourselves now. Uh, probably, well, oh, yeah, only briefly though. Okay. Because the answer is obvious, but we have managed to draw, well, not me, mm-hmm. not us. The but article One writing. brave journalist has managed to draw it out into a full length piece. That's really good. Do you think they were paid by the word? Uh, almost certainly. That's really good. I think they were them. paid by the hate crime. Right, actually. Because nice. the question is, is it possible to draw Serena Williams without being racist. Oh, it is a, a tale as old as time, that question, isn't it? It's something that sometimes you just wake up. For as long as there's been Serena thought. Williams. Yeah. Scholars people, have been demanding an answer to the question. Is it possible to draw her without being... Now, what's your gut opinion? Well, for me, it's impossible to draw anyone. And in the same <laughs> stroke, I would struggle to draw a person and I would struggle to draw a racist depiction of a person mm-hmm. not being an artist and not without having... intentionally trying. Yeah. I think it's really hard from what I understand. And again, I am not an artist, so I will preface that there. It's quite specific, isn't it? The racist mm. depiction of people. I don't know if you've done a GCSE history, but yeah. you may have done, we did the civil rights movement and there are often, they love to put a cartoon source in, don't they? Mm-hmm. Which is where my hatred for political cartoons really began. Yep. And continues to this day because they're all shit. Um, but often you can really see the features they've accentuated in order to, in this instance, depict black people as subhuman. But nowadays, 2018, surely that's not an issue because everyone recognises that that there are certain hallmarks of racism that, as a skilled artist, easy to avoid. Well, now... I don't. Is actually, that the case for I, everyone? See, I don't know if Rod Liddle explains Rod a Liddle a little bit. Is he a very, very talented? I think that we can explain him 
by in his own words. No, I think we can explain him well a with his own words, but b by probably sharing on the Twitter the Spectator's own cartoon of him. Oh, because the Spectator, being an edgy magazine, they don't have uh, journalist pictures; they just uh-huh. have their cartoons. So, don't know if you remember Rod Little's one, but uh, there it look. is. Oh wow! What's yeah. a word that comes to mind? Is total, it Frankenstein's total monster? Frankenstein's gammon. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Um, let me just read the opening paragraph because cleverly, slyly, the spectator of they've lodged this behind one of those paywalls. That is clever. The spectator is considered a kind of respectable publication, isn't it? Sadly, Mm. I mean, they're certainly legitimate. They're a they are. I mean, well, would in what sense? In the sense that they're financially successful, long-standing establishment media outlet. Yeah, well, they are all like gurning racists. Well, yeah, of course we know that. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I'm just saying where they. So I was just checking whose definition of legitimate we're running by. Bit you're about to read. Let's just remind ourselves they published this, didn't they? They published this, and what they did afterwards was they just stood by it. Oh, that's good. That's really good. So integrity is. I have spent the morning trying to draw a cartoon of a black person without it being racist. Now, already, there's so much here. Number number one, mm-hmm. what a normal way to spend your norm. <laughs> it's your just morning. one of those classic, like, diary entries. Yeah, it's it? not a morning, it's a norming, uh-huh. you see. Um, number two is that already, the in, a, in, a, in a leap of, like, spectacular subconscious racism... Uh-huh. It has gone from Serena Williams to any black yeah, person. So do you think he tried to draw Serena Williams and was like, for some reason, my innate racial prejudice <laughs> keeps coming out of the end of the pencil. I, I'm going to have to, just I'm gonna have to expand the bracket. Like, and again, I think probably not unfair to say, maybe uh, a little dog whistle there from, from Rod. That, Ooh, Rod do they, Little? Do they, is he saying that black people all... No, no, he wouldn't be saying he's that. He's not. He wouldn't not be. Not in The Spectator. Not, not in print and God, cyber, and cyber they print. Have, they wouldn't have stood by it. No, they wouldn't have. Because no, they're not can't. outwardly. No. Um, well. Well, sometimes. Well, they don't, they don't mean yeah. to. If someone had pointed it out, they'd then have gone, oh, no. If it was like massive, blew up on Twitter, yeah. lots of people subtweeted it uh, with like, very valid criticisms. Like, I, I wouldn't necessarily be that... Uh, that critical uh-huh. um, of just anyone doing that that change from heading to first sentence. Uh-huh. But knowing Rod Little... And knowing the rest of the article. Knowing the rest of the article, knowing the rest of the history of his articles... Mm. Knowing that he's a total racist. Having seen this picture, knowing he's a racist yeah. thing, don't feel it's a huge... No, you don't, you don't have to give him the benefit of the doubt. He follows it up, it's bloody difficult. <sighs> and then follows it up, especially the lips... Wow, is it, Rod? Now, uh, <sighs> where to start, hey? It, it's an article that is thinks it's trying really hard mm. to be generous, like thinks that it's trying really hard to be specifically non-racist. Do you think it? it yeah, that? I think it. I think that's he thinks what it is, or that he thinks that's that's how it's going to come across. I think he's not thought a second about it. It's just like starting with whatever it's like. I woke up this morning, started drawing racist pictures. Picked up my brown pen. It's like a a racist kid just babbling at you. Yeah, but but I think that the intention here, because the whole idea is to to say, well, the cartoon slash cartoonist in question, which I'm sure we 
we've all seen yeah, isn't, give it a good isn't racist. Like, they're like, oh, look, it's not racist. Uh-huh. We're not racist. It, it was. Though, I mean, it, it? it definitely yeah. was. And the cartoonist definitely is. Yeah. And um, it's weird because, just remind me, is Rod Little, is he a person of colour? Uh, well, all of the uh, cartoons are monochrome, so it's hard to tell. Uh, okay. But from my memory, he's crushingly white. Crushingly white with tints of bright red, that kind of dark yeah. red, red meat vibe. Yeah. Um, it's weird that he would be kind of writing a piece in apparent defense of that cartoon that lots of black people said was very clearly offensive. Well, maybe the spectators' plethora of uh, writers of color were just busy That's, that day. Yeah, or maybe they all like were like, you take this one, Rod. Yeah. <laughs> I know you've got a hot take. You've got go. the sensitive touch, the yeah. flick of the wrist <laughs> that can do it. Oh, you're the only one with a set of Crayolas. <laughs> um, but to, to then like dive so headlong. Yeah into uh into being this just calamitously racist is just spectacular especially the lips like he he was specifically trying specifically looking Mm. to draw the lips because he knows that that's a a feature being exaggerated exactly dehumanize black people well yeah make them too big and anti-racist people will accuse you of being a white supremacist peddling in their words the old Sambo myth. Mm. Well, uh, firstly, I like the idea that Rod Liddle specifically and actively mm-hmm. announces here that he doesn't want to be associated with people who are anti-racist. Oh, God. The anti-racist you crowd like, immediately... With all set, their not racism. <laughs> immediately setting the anti-racist up as an other. Yeah. Um, but too small... And they don't look like the lips of very many black people. Is that based on a lot of... Now, what I what I do like is that... Very uh, many is such a little, like, yeah. hedging his bets. Yeah, it's it? not all... You can't prove that in court, no. what he meant, percentage-wise. Yeah, an editor mm. suggested very many, yeah, I think it's I clear. Think but what I do like is that he doesn't go, but too small, and the racists will say... Because no. that's what he's going to go on to say. <laughs> um, it's the same with the colour. At first, on my cartoon, I used a black felt tip pen. Well, you why? So why did he do that? <laughs> it, does, it sounds like something you'd overhear in like a school assembly of justice. Yeah, was like at first I tried. I tried my just black a, crayon, a jet black crayon. After that, my mummy said I'd done a hate crime, but, so I but, went to play with my Lego. But it's even stupider than that because listen to the end of the sentence. At first, on my cartoon. I like that he on says my on my cartoon. cartoon. Like I a used a black felt tip pen, and so the figure came out very black indeed. What <laughs> causation in this day and age? And then, <laughs> I'm sorry. The next sentence reads, <clears throat> uh, "Came out very black indeed." Sambo territory again, wow. especially when I added, <laughs> especially when I added big red lips and very white teeth. Oh, it's like weird. well, it, it's like of course it came when out made really it racist, racist when you specifically out. used all the tropes you know to be particularly racist. In the end, I, <laughs> in the end, I used cross hatching with a pencil, but this was, to my mind, unsatisfactory. Who is this article for? <laughs> like, for other racists. But 
Racists aren't that interested in that, I don't think. Like, if you're an ardent racist. No, no, but no, but I think it is because I think we're now entering a kind of it's it's sort of good in a way, mm. a territory where the racists know that if they're gonna be racist, mm-hmm. it's probably gonna be online. Okay, and so they're easily gonna be called out on it. Yeah. So what they need is they need things to back up their racism. They're going to like, there are at least going to be a few people like the Richard Spencers of this world who consider themselves to be like the intellectual racist uh-huh. class. Um, and therefore they're like, you know, I'm not just sat here shouting slurs. I, I've got this. Nietzsche? Here's a, here's a nice little like article I had published. Mm-hmm. So I think that initially it was like, a, it's a, it was a good thing. It's like, yeah, we're going to, we'll force them into a corner where they have to back it up with evidence. Then they'll be fucked. But what people didn't count on was that a lot of journalists were racist and they were just going to write stuff for the racists to use. This particular article, like I agree there is a desire to kind of latch onto anything that supports such an abhorrent worldview. Mm. But this one is so boring. Oh yeah. Like it's so, it is like I say, just written like he's just telling this to uh, someone who's walking past and trying to like follow them with, uh, and then I used, and they're just like, mate, go, go away. I'm trying to get the bus. You believe it. When I used three of the most famous and historically exploitative black stereotypes on my cartoon. It got, did it get more racist? It, did was, it, mate? it was even off. more racist. But it's just so like asinine, the whole thing. It be, It's like the Venn diagram is racists who are really interested in how to draw cartoons. Like, mm. is there a, must be about 10 No, people. but it's because for that, for that like three days, it was a hot button issue. Yeah. And he was like, God, Ooh, we, we could on. be losing this battle. I'll whip out the pens. The <laughs> we'll fight this. God, he's very, The felt very tip is mightier than the sword. And it's just, yeah, it's a shame that the, the major effect, I think, of the Trump presidency has been just disseminating the playbook of you do something mental and then you just, that's it. You it just sort matter. of abandon it. You're like, that's yeah. off now. Bye. I'll see Bye. you later. Go into the sea of racism. You'd and say. you know, next time you say something and like, maybe because I mean, we, we mentioned this about a year ago when we went to that, uh, um, evening how to with draw Gary a cartoon, <laughs> the um, workshop, right, the guardian right. workshop on <laughs> guardian how to draw <laughs> hosted by Gary. <laughs> um, his article about the Serena cartoon is very good. As extraordinarily well. good. Yeah. Um, but the the one with uh, Gary Young and a couple of other journalists, Hadley Freeman. Well, yeah, Hadley Freeman and Jonathan Friedland. Yeah, um, talking about Trump's a year first, after Trump. Yeah, a yeah. year after Trump's presidency, and you're like, both Hadley and Jonathan are hateful people mm-hmm. with some really like very really opinions. bad opinions and really bad views. But someone like Trump makes it very easy for them to seem like normal acceptable very kind yeah, of yeah that's woke. true it's like a get out of jail free card for yeah. people who have like fringe beliefs that aren't quite that fringe yeah like Jonathan Friedland can write a bunch of articles about how we need more like right-leaning economic policies oh God, in the Labour can Party I, can I give my favourite Friedland a anecdote it's when he reviewed we must have talked about Norman Finkelstein on here before yeah. but he wrote a book I think it was the Holocaust industry that was yeah. being reviewed in The Guardian when it came out and Jonathan, basically his argument is, uh, as you can probably tell from the title, that anti-Semitism is lumped in with uh, right-wing foreign policy and economic interests kind of weaponized and used cynically, which is an abuse 
of the memory of people who died in yeah. the Holocaust, sometimes the living memory of those mm. who suffered or whose families suffered, him included. Yeah. Um, so he, small bit of context, both of his parents were in different concentration camps. His yeah. mum was in Auschwitz and his dad was in mine. Uh, one that we've never been able <sighs> no. to work out the name of. And then I think that, I think they survived, but all like basically everyone else in his family was killed. Mm. And at the end of this review where Jonathan Friedland obviously disagrees with everything he has to say, because he's, and he had a lot of evidence, very much good points to loads back. of it. Actually. Yeah, yeah. This is, it's really a shame because it's at the end that he screwed the pooch oh. by saying that in uh, attacking it's, I'm paraphrasing, but it's something like in his, um, attack on Israel, basically, it appears that Finkelstein is closer to those who abused than to those who suffered. So calling the son of two Holocaust survivors a Nazi because he disagrees with Zionism, basically. Yeah. It's just mental. It's just madness. Say. Like, you can't justify that, it's even so though he got it printed. And, it, and continues to be like, yeah. one of the most well-paid establishment journalists to the day. But someone like Trump allows him to kind of blend in. Yeah. But, you know, every now and then, a, a tweet that he does, less likely that something Rod Little says, but a mm. tweet that Friedland does will get very, very popular even on left Twitter. And someone will go, hey, guys, remember when he said that Norm Finkelstein was more like a Nazi? And yeah. and it will get a bit popular, but, but it doesn't much. matter. Like doesn't it doesn't really affect yeah. him at all. It doesn't affect him. It doesn't affect anyone who likes him. It doesn't affect because people have like settled. Yeah, depressing, so, isn't it? Mm, I promise my next two. I'm going to lighten the mood in a big way here. Are, are a bit lighter. You know, blood. You've got some. You're a you? fan. Love. Well, I don't mind blood. This is a common misconception. You love it pumping around your body I in those veins. It's not that. Yeah, it's the pumping. It's the circulation. Mm. It's not the blood. You itself. love the beat because I'm not. You squeamish. love to feel it. You I love don't. to have it felt. I don't. I don't. Young blood. This. So this article. Like, I'll just set this up. The song. It was, or no. It, this article was written by and for vampires only. Okay. But right. published by Sky. The News. Vampire Times. Oh, yeah. sorry. Young blood, an elixir that prevents age-related rela- age diseases, study reveals. Right. By Lucinda Binding. Now, no, Lucia when, Binding. when you say young blood, yeah. I'm going to assume that rather than blood the body created recently, it means the blood of the young. Yes. Blood okay. taken from a young person could be the key to maintaining long-lasting health in old age, scientists claim. Now, this... Next paragraph is just very oddly written, and I can only assume it was by a Dracula figure. Because they use the term, they say blood factors obtained from young beings can improve (laughs) late life health. Young beings? Yeah. Um, it's such a like dehumanizing word. It's, really, isn't it? it's like they're just preparing young vessels. <laughs> yeah, like we're just going to become anyone under thirty is just going to be seen as a blood vase. I like that you've. I don't know if it comes up in the article, the actual age range, <laughs> but you've defined young as under thirty, yeah, so as to millennial so as to very generously Woo! include yourself. Still. I've got young blood. <laughs> my off. blood will cure anything. Dame Linda Partridge, a geneticist, and my parents' definite vampire <laughs> at UCL. Said, Emphasis mine. <laughs> Research shows that young blood could allow humans to live a life free of diseases such as cancer and heart disease right up until their deaths. <laughs> Well, that's true of any (laughs) any treatment in the world. This is my favourite. This is the reason I included it, is this quote, where she says, 
it, this quite has the quality of like the interviewers there just taking notes, like pre, yeah. pre-written maybe five or six questions just to get the key information for the article. Then maybe there was a pause as the interviewer was putting the notebook back, like, thank yeah. you, Dame Linda, really nice, like lovely to meet you. Thanks for doing the interview. Mm. And she's just sitting there wistfully, just staring off, maybe stirring what we would assume is a blood-based mm. beverage. And she says, I would say aging is the emperor of all diseases. Oh, <laughs> What a strange thing to say. Bold. She told the Times. It's one of those, like, you didn't know whether you should say it or not, or whether you quite wanted to say it. But then when it came to crunch time, you just sort of panicked and blurted it out. Yeah. Like a kind of, like a doorknob question when you're at the doctor's, where you're like, you go in for something really embarrassing, Uh but you sit there and you tell them you've got a cold. And they go through the usual. And it's only when they like, they're like standing up to leave that you go, oh, by the way. way. You get it. I get it at the pharmacy a lot. People who don't have the Patreon might not know that I've started working at a pharmacy. Oh, yeah. But I, I have. <laughs> so there <laughs> you go. And if you don't believe it, then that's on But you. one of the things that you get a lot of is kind of a... a normally, it's like a classic trope of young guys buying condoms. But I've found more often it's people actually a trait of... Still, do they in real life? No, no. Yeah. Oh, well, people buying them do. Do yeah, they? Yeah. But I found more often than not now, it's actually... Uh, trait of older men buying viagra is that they will spend five minutes wandering around the shop and they'll come up to the to the counter with like bottle of detol um (coughs) we've got some kitchen roll some smarties um, yeah i've got i'll I'll have a packet of these vix uh sweets Uh and then you've racked them all through and then they're like and do you have i'm here yeah i guess i do you have made the trip any Cardinal pills. How do you know how expensive Viagra is? Is it very? It's really expensive. I would have assumed it, it basically was. works out to a fiver an erection. Wow, That's so much! God, you should be able to monetize them. Yeah. Four, <laughs> four pills costs you twenty quid. Wow. That's madness. That is that is quite a lot. Just do it? something else. Yeah, I guess <laughs> there are cheaper hobbies. That is a shame. I thought you were going to say that do he you- did the lager beer thing of coming up with like a lollipop, the Dettol, a magazine, some Viagra, and be, being like, how much is that going to be? That'll be £12. Oh, well, I, it's odd. I don't have the cash for the Viagra, the magazine, and the... I guess I'll put those back. Maybe I'll get two Viagras. £40, eight erections. Do you think... Going to be quite the week. And I mean, I know what the answer here is, but uh-huh. I, I only just thought about it, and it's made even sadder by the extortionate cost. Uh-huh. Do you think there are people who buy Viagra so they can to wank? Masturbate. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that that is the saddest God, thing. That's old like an age. that is an image of utter despair. <laughs> Just popping a pill and you're like, in a dark they've got room, the candles. Right? They've got a bit of mood music. Oh no. <laughs> Maybe they put a condom oh, on just no. to kind of yeah, just to make get it in the zone. It's like dressing up. <laughs> yeah. Now look, we're not kink shaming. Treat here. yourself like a lady. Yeah, you know? go for yeah. it. If that's oh, what you're God. into. There's people definitely do that, don't the they? The only final thing to note from this article is that uh, the trials related to young blood, as they keep pouring mm-hmm. from the young beings, um, is from a US startup called Ambrosia. Which is unfortunate. They make custard here, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Ambrosia, <laughs> custard and blood. You don't want to mix up your... Blustered. <laughs> now, here's a little game for you. They offer teenage blood plasma. Fuck. We're out of the, we're out of the range. <sighs> wow. Okay. You were generous. By only by 11 Shut years. Up. It's not been 11 years since I was a teenager. No, but it's I'm saying that your age years. range was 11 years okay. out from the real thing. Um... 
They offer teenage blood to older customers at a cost of. Do you mean offer blank. it to them? It sounds <laughs> like they're just flogging it like in a van. <laughs> no, it's like you know when they sell beer at a sports game where they're wearing oh, yeah. a rucksack of it. Or the the guy in um, Hercules was like, "You want to buy some <laughs> dial?" <laughs> Such a good joke. So they're offering two and a half liters at a cost of what? We can do it in pounds or dollars. Is it more expensive or less expensive than Viagra, do you think? For two and a half litres of teen blood. Yeah, well, <laughs> how, how long is that keeping you alive for? Well, I, I don't know. I don't think they know either. I think it's really just a guess. And there's an element of potential recreational use for the blood. <sighs> What's Six, your ballpark? $60. Oh, it's $8,000. Whoa! <laughs> for two and a half litres of blood. Wow. We should be selling all this blood. Yeah, no one wants yours. I could shave and say I'm a teen. I'd say, hello lads, I'm a teen. Fancy <laughs> some blood. Get a taste Although, of this teen blood, I mean, mister. No, but also, I mean, we definitely could because what, like, what me- metric are they using to prove that it's teen blood? I bet you can age do you people have by to, their blood. Do you have to... Yeah, but the people who are buying it aren't doing that. Oh, like, maybe they're not. Do, yeah. do they have to have the kids there? We, being, we start it's like on off. tap. <laughs> <laughs> We're starting like discount blood. Yeah, like it's back not teen alley, blood. Hashtag it's... back alley blood. Yeah. Well, that sounds very hashtag, <laughs> hashtag bab. <laughs> Get your bab. Give me some news, hey. Okay, it better be a good one. Here's one. <clears throat> NRA, that's oh, the National Rifle Association. Oh, you're very political, aren't you? Mine's yeah. all about ghosts. This one's, well, this one's, uh, you know, a bit more light-hearted. Because okay. they're ridiculous. NRA TV airs photo of Thomas the Tank Engine in KKK hood in <laughs> ethnic diversity <laughs> segment. Why? It's, what ethnicity do they think he is? No, well, this is, so this is the story. And this is one of those ones where you're like... There, there was potentially an interesting, not a debate in uh-huh. the way they think it is, but an interesting discussion to be had about race in kind of like in art. Thomas Tank Engine. Yeah, but but not the one they've had. Right. <laughs> so the National Rifle Association spokeswoman and right-wing commentator Dana Lurch oh, nice. attempted to make a point about... Di- <laughs> attempted to make a point <laughs> about diversity best. during a television segment using an image of Thomas the Tank Engine wearing a Ku Klux Klan hood. Mm-hmm. The host of the NRA TV show Relentless aired the image during the final segment of the show on Friday, according to a video posted by Media Matters. On Friday, Mattel Inc. announced the uh, new season of Thomas and Friends, still making it seem like God, isn't it? And the collaborative efforts with the uh, uh, of the United Nations. The company said the new Hang season... On. what? The UN What's are working, the UN got to do with They're working with Thomas the Tank. Tank. Get ready. The company said the new season will take Thomas and friends to different locations around the globe. How? Like China, How India, will you get there? and Australia. He's a train. He's going by boat. Oh my God, this is bullshit. <laughs> Along with a new cast to bring gender equality and international characters onto the show. Sure. During the segment on her show, Lersh took aim at the children's TV show Ooh. about trains. <laughs> Taking down the big guns. <laughs> took aim at the children's TV show about trains as a great okay. And the new international characters. One of those trains, near will be from Kenya to add ethnic diversity to the show. And, which, that, by the way, that's where it gets really strange to me, because I've looked at Thomas and Friends at their pictures, and I see grey and blue, Lash, Lash said. Am I to understand this entire time that Thomas and his trains, his trains, <laughs> his tra- were, it's like a band. were white? Because they all have grey faces. But they are, they're all, like, set in one 
depressing town in the north of England, aren't they? It's on an island. Is it? Yeah, it's on an island. I can't remember what it's called. It's called, some, it's called something really horrible. I can't remember what it is. I'll <sighs> Google it. I'll do the research while you yeah. keep. Um, but like, so there's, there is where there is definitely some kind of ContraPoints video to uh-huh. be made about, are we to assume the... Oh, uh, it's called Sodor. Sodor, that's it, yes. Like Hodor. With this. Yeah. Um, about, are we to assume whiteness of characters who aren't depicted as actually white Uh so all of these trains have the character like the generalized characteristics of a normal face but one that you would consider to be white they all speak like old white men it's set ostensibly on a british island it is in like some weird past as well yeah as far as i know so i mean the all of the characters who are humans in it are white Mm. So are we to assume that they are or that they're at least representative of being white? Like there's a discussion there. There's there's like an Not interesting, a very interesting one. No, but there's like a but there is a, one. a moderately interesting one to be had about like what are we to assume? Yeah. I would say it'd be more interesting if it was less about Thomas where the answer is they definitely were intended to be white because well, yeah. it was made in like 1950s. Yeah. But like uh, you know, you could apply it to like the Simpsons. Yeah. Are they supposed to re- be representative of white people given that there are black characters yeah. in the show? What not? But the debate should not be take the form that Dana Lersh decided. Lersh then asks, how can a show include ethnic diversity if the popular children's show is about trains? Oh, that's a real how side, do you bring ethnic- sideways glance. <laughs> how do you bring ethnic diversity? Lersh asked. I mean, they had to paint what I guess there was some sort of African pattern on the side of Nia's engine. How do you bring ethnic diversity to a show that literally has no ethnicities because they're trains? Wow. So she's kind of missed her own Defeating point Defeating her own argument, yeah. During the segment, a picture of the trains wearing Ku Klux Klan hoods on the burning train tracks appeared Bloody on the screen. Lersh then sarcastically added that the blight on race relations on the children's show has gone on for far too long. Oh, has it? Oh, was it because... I see it. It was the white hoods and the burning train tracks. Okay, fine, fair, fair point, fair. I this get it. Satire, Thomas it? the Tank Engine has been a blight on race relations for far too long. Clearly, this is overdue, right? Right. Now, I, I mean, we will obviously present yeah, it in some form for the for the listeners because I'm not putting it on our website. But here's the picture. <laughs> Don't any racist tell me, trains on my Tell side. me just how fucking horrid Let's you think see. it is out of ten. Oh. Yeah, it is horrid. It's weirdly edited as well. Mm. It's like a sort of composite of different scenes. It looks like they're crashing through like that and really old And to be honest, film. I've always found them creepy as hell anyway with their dead faces, Thomas. But now they're racists as well. Well, I always suspected. Yeah. yeah. That was the subtext to that one. Where Gordon. Gordon's Gordon the Gammon Train. Yeah, he is. Choo choo. He is Gammon 101. Back to the 20s. <laughs> Family tormented by eerie voice singing nursery rhyme at night. Reason oh, why is shocking. There's a real families and ghosts theme going on with, families and ghosts. with you today. That's a sitcom I'm pitching. Okay, there we go. A family haunted by a chilling voice of a child singing It's Raining, It's Pouring for months has finally discovered... <laughs> that sound makes it sound like it was another lyric. <laughs> it's raining, it's, it's pouring, pouring for months. <laughs> Alice Connington, 34, was so tormented by the sinister tune that she was unable to sleep in her Ipswich home. Makes it sound like she went to another home instead. Yeah. <laughs> the mum of two told the Ipswich star, It was waking me up in the night. It was absolutely terrifying. I heard it at all times of the night. 1am, 2am... 
4 a.m. <laughs> it well, was sporadic. Not all times. <laughs> Sometimes it would play once, other times it was over and over. Eventually, the creepy occurrence proved too much for Alice, and she decided to report it to, because you know they say, who are you going to call? The council. <laughs> Straight to the council. <laughs> da, 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 da. So I'm going to play it, if this works. Right, we'll okay. will play an advert first or something. Bullshit, won't it? Let's see. Mm. Or I have it on the computer as well. Talk about something while I find it. Well, what I'm going to talk about is the fact that there's simply no way that any video could convince me there's a ghost. Here it is. So it's pretty spooky. Oh, that's not edited at all, is it? No, no, that's... They didn't just make that... that, Is that what it was like? In their house, it sounded like it was coming through a speaker. Well, it wasn't in their house. Did they mention... It wasn't in the house. Where was it? very cynical of you to think that. Where was it? What it was... Well, what do you think the answer is? Imagine this is one of those lateral thinking puzzles. A mum of two is woken up in Ipswich every night. Is it anything to do with the post box? Or getting higher and higher because of the ghost? No, it's not. Did you have to break it in half and use the halves to make a hole and crawl through the hole? You've done lateral thinking puzzles before. I have, yeah, no. And they're all very good. Investigators managed to track down the sound. You were wrong. It wasn't coming from a speaker, was it? Well, it was, but... Oh, oh, but it was coming from a There's a real twist here. Okay. They tracked it down to a nearby industrial estate, just a few hundred metres from her home. It was there that they discovered the rhyme, and just think of this logic, was meant to be a deterrent to stop thieves. But it had backfired after spiders... By encouraging thieves. After spiders <laughs> repeatedly crawled over the motion sensors. A spokesman for the council said... This is unique in our experience. It was difficult to believe a nursery We've rhyme. never had to arrest spiders before. <laughs> it was difficult to believe a nursery rhyme would be playing in the middle of the night. But we do take all complaints seriously and ask the residents They've who never contacted seen any horror us films. to let us know when it was playing so we could investigate properly. We appreciate that people living nearby would find it quite spooky. So yeah, it was... This business's approach to stopping people coming onto their premises was just was to haunt them away. a haunting ghost Well, no, child. clearly it wasn't to endlessly play it. But, so... It was, it was intended only to be if they came near. Yes, but if you were a thief and it, you like approached a premises and it started singing with the voice of a ghost girl, I don't think it's as as much of a deterrent what, as they think. What, what I'm going to say is, if you've got a motion sensor, uh-huh. you may as well use that for something like, like an alarm system or, that yeah, might like call the police, filming it, yeah, and stuff, yeah, rather than ghost. Ghost spooking. But never mind. Do oh, you have well. any more? I've got one more. Hit us up with it. One of my favourite headlines of all time. Go We're on. moving away from the politics. Nice. <clears throat> Aussie racehorse owner gets a ban for calling his horse, let's go, cunt. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. An Australian racehorse owner has copped a hefty ban after officials realised he'd given his horse a pretty gnarly name. What do you mean realised? Well, you'll, you'll see. Okay. The story goes that managing owner Stuart Ruse, which already makes it sound fake, uh, registered his filly in the name Andiamo Ficha, which I might attempted a pronunciation, with the horse making her racing debut on September 4th. But with Racing Australia rules requiring all racing horse names to be approved by a registrar, stewards quickly realised that rather than being a meaningful Italian moniker, Mm. Andiamo Ficha directly translated to Let's go, cunt. Wow. <laughs> Though he pleaded his innocence. On oh, what grounds? <laughs> oh, it was an accident. <laughs> accidentally, I've accidentally, definitely, <laughs> deliberately and directly used oh, a clear a translation. Uh, Racing New South Wales found Ruse guilty of conduct prejudicial to the interests and or image of racing. The image of racing. <laughs> 
as well as providing false evidence to race officials and disqualify them for 18 months. What evidence could he have provided that stood in opposition to the Maybe like a, 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 a faked Google search where Andy Amo feature means like, what a lovely God horse. God save racing. <laughs> I was hoping that it, it, the ban would be for like being mean to the horse. Oh, yeah, I guess I hadn't thought <laughs> And the Amo feature will not be allowed to race until her name has been changed and approved by Racing New South Wales. When seems you... sad to discriminate against the horse. Yeah, it seems unfair. Mm. I didn't realise that horse naming was like an official thing, though. Yeah. So it sounds like she has to have her name changed like through deed poll. Yeah, why? Well, like, have to take almost it to literally, court? what it says, they have to go through a registrar. That's mental. But it's because they, you have to keep the same name for all your races, so you have to be like tracked. It is like a, an uh-huh. official status as a as a person almost, because people bet an awful lot of money tracking them on their like What a waste of everyone's time. <laughs> Sex with an alien was the most pleasure I ever had, E.T. Lover reveals a new book. E.T. Lover. So this is now, a very is long this... article that I'll be selecting pieces from. Okay, thank goodness. Um, however, the real the real uh, meat, as it were, is in the book that is being written about. Sorry? There is a book. They revealed, the E.T. Lover reveals this in the new book. So we're going to go into the book. Okay. From people who claim that their alien sexual partners are far better than any human lover to a man who claimed that aliens inserted a 12-inch living probe into his anus, a new book is throwing light, not shedding, throwing light on people who have sex with ETs. There's a lot of them out there, with some claiming that aliens disguise themselves as celebrities. Did you know that? To have sex with gullible humans here on Earth. Wow. Other aliens, and you're not going to like this, have even forced human victims to have sex with animals, says Nigel Watson, author of a chapter in Screwed by the Aliens. Caught fucking his own dog by his wife. (laughs) Screwed by the Aliens, edited by Timothy Green Beckley. Bold to put his name on that book, Mm. I think. Um, I'll give you just a few, a few like highlights from some of the things that go on in the alien fucking community. Watson, author of the UFO Investigations Manual, says, The first case of sexual contact in our flying saucer area was experienced by Antonio Vias Boas in South America. He claimed in 57 that he was dragged inside a flying saucer and forced to have sex with a beautiful alien woman. When he left, she pointed at her stomach, presumably with a light-up finger. Yeah, we can only presume. She pointed at her stomach, at him... And then at the sky, implying, as I'm sure you gathered... Eat the moon. She would have his child somewhere in outer space. Oh, sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Not anywhere too obvious, but somewhere around there. Um, In his book, Communion, Whiteley Streber famously described being abducted by aliens who inserted a one-foot-long probe inside him. It seemed to be a living entity. So when it was taken out, he was surprised to see it was a mechanical device. I'm going to show you... Um, oh, no, this bit's great. On reflection, Struber says he regretted going public with his anal probe experience, <laughs> but felt that he owed it to his readership to be honest to, about it. To put it, it in a book. <laughs> he believes he is guilty of being compulsively honest as opposed to being a compulsive liar. Compulsively honest about his anal probe experience. That's a lovely Extraterrestrial thing anal probe experience, yeah. we probably should um, say. Not your common garden variety no. terrestrial anal probe experience they have this really unfortunate word which is it's spelt ufologist but i do you think U- they pronounced it ufologist, ufologist. or ufologist ufologist yeah which do you think they go for because they're both uh quite bad uh i'd say they probably i'd say that when people go on tv to talk about it they mm-hmm. probably say ufologist because it, it sounds, sounds more genuine mm-hmm. it sounds like e-u-f-o-l-o-g-i-s-t but 
you know, one-to-one. They're like, what about all these UFOologists? <laughs> um, I'm going to just show you the book on Amazon. And it is available to purchase. I don't know if you're... Should we go? Are we going to get a copy for the show? It's $24, so not until it goes on sale. Lot. Wow. Um, it's called Screwed by the Aliens, True Sexual Encounters with ETs. It's really good. It's always a really good sign when a, a factual book... Yeah. Just pops the word true on there. I, well, it just helps you know, doesn't it? You know, it's, you're, it's you're like not picking up a book of fiction. No. You're not picking no, no, no. up one of the many exploitative books that just peddles lies uh-huh. and misinformation and disinformation. This is These are true stories. So the book is presented as Timothy Green Beckley's Screw by the Aliens. True Sexual Encounters with ETs. It's got a subtitle as well, which again is a very like common journalistic mm. trope to reinforce that sense of validity, veracity. Right. And the subtitle is, are UFO beings creating a hybrid super race or do they just want to have fun? So it throws that question out there for yeah. us to answer. I often find that if you're doing a true expose, uh-huh. like this one, usually better to answer the questions okay. rather than ask them. It's going to answer them in the book, isn't it? Right. Probably. Okay. But it just sounds like they're not sure. They've put... Uh, Six bullet points just to give you a sense of what's going on the be cover. In on the cover. Wow, that is good. Hybrids, bedroom invaders, false pregnancies, cosmic sadism. You're the best kind, I've heard. <laughs> Seduced by ETs and alien sex in the cinema. And here is that cover for you to enjoy. Oh, How do you describe it? Busy. Uh, busy. Yeah, I would. Made in Microsoft Paint. It's good that they've put the names of everyone involved right there in a big I think yellow box. Like sharing the blame. Yeah. They don't want to be culpable. My favourite bit about Seduced by ETs makes it sound like they were aware it was an ET, <laughs> but they were just so like charming oh, that they managed then. to convince them. And then like the next morning they were like, oh, kind of regret it. Yeah. You know. But call me next week. You know, I'm not fucking you. You're an alien. And they're like, look, just, uh, just, just give it a go. <laughs> just look, let me show you, baby. Let me show you, baby. Show you, baby. Yeah. That it can be like this. And they're like, with well, an ET. Then a bit of like the saxophone from, What's it called? Careless Whisper starts up. The extraterrestrials are here. Fuck off. And they want to mate with you. <laughs> That's the product description. They saw... So apparently the Bible supports this. Did you know that? Oh, they saw surprised. that their daughters were fair and took them as wives. Genesis 6, 1... So chapter 6, verses 1, 2, and 4. And was that initial one in... I in think, reference to the aliens? Yeah, I think so. I think so. The Bible says it in a civilised way, but the truth is that since the beginning of time, otherworldly entities, no matter how you wish to identify them, have been pillaging and plundering our planet, taking our women, probing our bodies in an ungentlemanly manner, and ostensibly creating a master race of alien hybrids by removing the fetuses from artificially inseminated females who have been abducted by UFO occupants around the globe. That was one sentence. Wow. The They're not big fans of... of not exactly big fans of Occam's Razor, the old no, extraterrestrial. So the molestations go on, and despite the credible nature of a large percentage of such <laughs> encounters, these sensationalistic events are perhaps the most closely guarded secret of the ufological community, for fear that such disclosure will lead to ridicule on the part of sceptics, which is maybe the trap we're falling into mm, here. Mostly truthful of a large percentage is another like Rod Little-esque. Yeah. You're never going to have to prove that in a court of law, no one can decide. 
what sometimes starts out as a simple bedroom invasion with aliens coming through the walls or ceiling that is pretty simple <laughs> frequently transforms into a fully consciously recalled nightmare often into an ongoing series of events on board a spacecraft outside the earth's atmosphere or in underground human slash alien bases here are historical as well as some of the most recent cases of copulation with reptilians the handsome <laughs> The handsome Nordic space brothers. Oh, Who are they? Who are they? Can I follow them on YouTube? That sounds like um, oh. a description by someone who's only seen the film Thor once. <laughs> the handsome Nordic space brothers, the greys, insectoids, and a host of other intergalactic stalkers, the real invaders from Mars, as taken from the files of some of the top researchers of our time. So not just in ufology, just of our time. Oh, really? Oh, that's good. To paraphrase Cindy Lauper's 80s smash pop single. <laughs> aliens just want to have fun. There are a few space <laughs> aliens who it seems are coming here because they just want to have Fucking fun. Fucking hell. So there you go. And that's this week in shame. What a week it's been. It, I think three out of five of my articles were published today. Wow. So it just goes to show there's a lot of shame out shame there. Shame is happening everywhere. Should you want to find it. Mm. Um, we love to hear from you guys. And if you have any articles that you think are shame of the week worthy. We've still got one to go through from uh, Jake. our new super cop, yep. Jake. Absolutely, we do. But should you have any anything to send our way, any questions, thoughts, feedback... Declan, what are some ways that people can do just that? Well, you could have yourself a little bit of the electronic mail. Yeah. Not the E-T, the E-M. Yeah, Ellie okay. mail. Ellie mail. That's what they call it. Uh, you can find your way into our inboxes at... What is it? That's a shame cast. <laughs> are you fucking with me right now? Tass. Yeah. At shame.city. Sure can. You can also find out your way into our inboxes via the website shame.city slash contact why not um you can get in touch with us on twitter the show can be found at that's a shame cast isaac can be found at isaac bd i can be found at de delane if you have a look on the website if that's where you listen to the to the show like some people absolute do. mental some people like it an absolutely beautiful mental i listen to it there a lot as well do you yeah i used to when i was at the hotel a lot as well uh, just pop it on shame.city that's Hell the one. Site. If you have a look there, there's now a handy link in the show description to give us a little review. There is. You don't even have to go anywhere. No. So you don't even have to go onto the website. In your pod app, your pod catcher, Boop. you just click write a review and it will transfer you to iTunes somehow. And you too can give us five stars, unlike your girlfriend <sighs> and traitor. But yeah, we'd really appreciate that. Girlfriend, traitor and flatmate. That's her. It will boost us in a big way. Um, Probably. Don't ask us how. Don't ask us we why. D- we wouldn't want to bore you. No, absolutely not. What else do we have? We have a Patreon. I know. And We've we're, been discussing some yeah, new content. There's going to be some we? big stuff happening there. We're going to be doing a special offer, details of which maybe next week, mm-hmm. um, depending on how much time we get. Um, probably around the time that the rap feature debuts, we'll have <sighs> maybe a rap about... It's going to be a big week. It's going to be a hell of a week for sure. But yeah, we're thinking of running a little special promotion over there. Maybe upping our merch output a little bit. Of course, should you wish to throw us a dollar to make us holler obviously not in a way that clips on the microphone patreon.com slash shame city is the place to do it anything is appreciated you get some cool bonuses like three extra episodes a month at I, least i'd just like to clarify yeah that when we say holler yeah we mean it with an ah or an er on the end as opposed as in to the shout not as in hollow 
Oh yeah, no, because it won't be doing that. Not not even a bit. If anything, the opposite, filling us. And imagine you're there now, and you sign up at the four dollar a month. That's what twenty five cents an episode tier, mm-hmm. something like that. How, what it, what sort of back catalogue? They're already would you going get? to unlock something like 13, 14 episodes. That's incredible stuff. Just right on there. the day that you do it, it's mad. It's generous, and it's there for you from us until episode whatever the next one is 105 which i'm reliably informed is gonna be off the chain one hell of a show it's gonna be big for sure i've been isaac you've been i've been declan don't let the extraterrestrials bite Necessities, simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities, oh Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Some honey just for me The bare necessities of life Will come to you Come to you.